my dad is Puerto Rican and my mom is Mexican. And they met in San Bernardino at my mom's roommate's house. She lived with her grandma, my great-grandma, off and on through, like, all her teen years. My dad went over there with their mutual friend, and my mom was sick, and he gave her her coat, and it was really sweet, and they were, like, inseparable. Like, they were really close. When they first got together, they were 16 and 17. Got married a year later, had me a year after that. I always thought they got married because my mom got pregnant with me, but it doesn't add up. My parents were pretty abusive to each other. Lots of fighting about cheating or how to raise me or money and things like that. My dad was very aggressive, uh, very strict, and very punishing. I wasn't allowed to go to anyone's house. I wasn't really allowed to watch TV or listen to music. I was allowed to read and make art. That was it. He was really controlling about everything from like how my hair would be cut or like the clothes that I would wear. Uh, he was really protective of me because he wasn't allowed to see me for a long time. And I feel like he just always felt like he was gonna lose me. I look way more like my dad than I look like my mom, but I still have her eye shape and her face shape and like little things that like if we're together, it's like very obvious that we're related. We were never super close. Um, she didn't like it when I would say I love you and I was taught to say that from my other family members. Um, she would often call me a lesbian if I said that to her. She was very cold. Um, I don't even think she wanted kids ever, and she came from a religious family, so it's not like abortion was an option. My mom is Mexican, but she's half, and she's fairly white-passing, so any, like, Puerto Rican features that I have, she would make really negative comments about. Like, specifically my nose, like, she had said that I'd have, like, a really Puerto Rican nose, and that that was a bad thing. She made fun of any Puerto Rican feature I had because my dad's Puerto Rican and it was kind of a jab at my dad. If I wore like short shorts as a kid, she would, I guess, slut shame me for it even though I was a child. She treated me kind of like I was like her little sister to kind of bully. I guess even thinking about it now, like it upsets me. My family has always made lots of comments on my appearance. That's been like a very consistent thing for me my whole life. Like my dad wanting me to cover up completely and have my hair really long. And like, he very specifically wanted me to dye my hair red, which was very weird because my mom had red hair. <laughs> and then my mom kind of not really caring what I did with my appearance, but still just being really negative about it. So I just feel like both of my parents were very controlling in different ways. I was like a alarmingly depressed kid. Like I wasn't motivated to learn things. I was really lazy. I didn't clean up after myself. I didn't know how to do those things. Like I was not taught to do those things. 
I wouldn't shower, I would not go to school, wouldn't hang out with my friends, would barely interact with my family. I just would self-isolate. I didn't know what depression was for sure. Um, I kind of had an idea. I just figured that that's how life was, that life was really stressful. I always saw my parents constantly stressed out about like financial stuff. I thought that like every family thought all the time. I just thought that was how things were supposed to be. When I went to like uh, more lower class public schools, I definitely related to like a lot of kids uh, in my neighborhood. But when I went to a K through eight, like nice lottery school, uh, that was really difficult. All of their parents were still together. Um, they had grown up with everyone that they had gone to school with, lived in the same neighborhood their whole lives. Like their parents and their grandparents were from Portland. And I had like no idea how to talk to any of them about my issues. I kind of always got shit on by my peers like the entire time I was in school. I felt like I didn't have anyone that I could be fully myself around. High school was really hard because me and my friends had nothing in common. Like I was getting into different music than them, different like fashion. Uh, they were straight A students. I barely went to school. I have a mood disorder and when I'm off medication, if I'm super stressed out, sometimes I can like see or hear things. It's nothing drastic, but, um, and it's super common, but uh, it's very subtle. But when I was a kid, it was really bad. I would have hallucinations. It's not like the hallucinations that you would have if you're schizophrenic. Um, it's the hallucinations that you have when you have severe PTSD. So I would hear my dad's voice sometimes. My dad had like a very specific way of like saying my name, like yelling at me. I'd be going to sleep. I would like hear my dad say my name and I'd be like, oh shit. I would see my dad sometimes at stores. I one time was like, mom, there's a man in the house and it scared the shit out of her. So she took me to a psychiatrist. I got diagnosed with uh, PTSD when I was six. The summer that I turned 10, my mom said she was going on a week vacation to visit some friends in Southern California. And uh, I was told that I was gonna get to see my dad for the week. And then a second week goes by and a third week and then my dad sat me down and was like, I don't think your mom's coming back. She has a different phone number now. I thought that she would contact me, and she did after a year. So after a year, she talked to me a little bit. We would talk every like couple weeks, and then by the time I was in the eighth grade, it was very consistent. I still never saw her. Um, and then she got pregnant with my little sister. I haven't seen her since I was like 10. I think my dad did have partial custody of me at the time, and then he filed for full custody and got it. 
And then I lived with him for the next four years in Southeast Portland. I ran away from home when I was 14 or 15. I was gone for a month, um, couch surfing, parks. And then I met this girl my sophomore year. Uh, her name's Abby. She was in my journalism class and we met and just really hit it off. I've always had like a second family that was my friend's family. It's been many different friends whose uh, parents noticed my mistreatment, I guess, and would be happy to have me over 24-7. Abby had always told her mom things that I would tell her. Uh, and the biggest red flag to Abby was uh, she came over to my house when my dad and my stepmom were working. And there are security cameras in my old house so that they can watch me 24-7. It's really fucked up. Abby was like, you should stay at my house in my room while I'm at outdoor school. And you can meet my mom. And she wants to talk to you about what you're doing with your life and all this. I went to her house, had dinner with her mom. And her mom told me that if I turned myself in on the following Monday, she would adopt me. And then I did, and she did. When I got adopted, I, I could do whatever I wanted with my appearance. Um, I got to go to anyone's house as long as I was safe. I had so much freedom, I like did not know what to do with it. It maybe was a little too much freedom for a 16-year-old, but it, I think it was what I needed. They were nothing but patient and understanding. Like I was a horrible kid to raise for them. Most kids were being taught to, like, think about college, and I was taught to think about, like, staying alive and pushing past anxiety and uh, working on myself. I told my primary care physician, I was like, I can't handle this anymore. I feel like I'm crazy, and I don't want to be crazy because uh, I am super insecure about my mental health and how I was raised. And he was like, well, it sounds like you might be bipolar. <laughs> Let's get you to a psychiatrist. So I went to my psychiatrist, and she was like, no, you have BPD. You have severe abandonment issues. You have history with self-harm, suicidal thoughts. Like, you need, to, you need to be on this medication and go to DPT therapy. I never did the therapy. I feel like my monthly meetings with my psychiatrist was enough. And the support that I have from my family was enough. Um, also, my best friend, uh, she really got me through a lot the past two years. But uh, medication was a lifesaver. Medication doesn't work for everyone, but for me, like, it changed my alcoholism. It, it really helped with my mood swings. And I was no longer having depressive episodes, which was, like, a huge part of my whole life. It's definitely genetic and environmental for me. Um, my dad is very, very mentally ill. Um, he grew up in a really dangerous part of California, uh, was beat by his parents, his mom, not his dad. His dad is wonderful. Um, he was, like, sexually abused when he was a kid. PTSD is a really big uh, part of... BPD. Um, 
PTSD is, you know, like post-traumatic stress disorder. It's from one event or like from multiple events that don't have to do with each other that were traumatizing. And um, side effects are hallucinations, uh, panic attacks, uh, insomnia, so many things. I had a suicide attempt like four months ago. I had just broken up with my like first boyfriend ever that I had dated for a really long time. My dog died the same week and that was this 12 year old chocolate lab that I had had for a year and a half. So both of those things were really hard and I was off my meds for two weeks. I don't know if it's a BPD thing or maybe it's valid and true or if I am just really sensitive, but I consistently feel like the people that I'm currently friends with, I can't tr fully trust them with things. Like, I feel like there's a lot of gossip that goes around. I had hooked up with uh, one of my best friends and uh, he treated me horribly in that situation. And my ex-boyfriend heavily slut-shamed me for doing that. So I just felt really objectified and gross, and I did not want to be alive anymore. That's why I did it. I fully hung myself on the back of my door, and my roommate walked in because she heard me, like, choking. And then I had to go to the hospital overnight. I always thought that that would be how I would die. I'm never attempting again. That was so terrifying, and it really hurt everyone in my life. I noticed this the other day when I was with my friend, my old roommate, who walked in on it. I was having a panic attack, and I kept going like this, and I was touching my neck a lot, and it felt like there was something around it. And she was like, does it feel like your suicide attempt? Like, are you having trauma from that right now? And I was like, yep. I think this is going to be a part of having panic attacks now. My initial reaction to things are very similar to, like, a kid because I never got taught how to handle things like an adult. But through time and living with the new people that I lived with, um, my new family, like, I have a really high tolerance for uh, emotional situations and stress. Because I was so neglected, I kind of make this mistake of like taking on other people's issues or like I've taken in two old dogs now and it's been incredibly draining. I have this uh, girl staying with me in my room she was homeless from 16 to 19, like, a month ago. I took that on, and that was really, really stressful. I have had panic attacks about it because she's almost relapsed, like, twice since living with me. I don't know how to not do these things. Like, it's not like I'm some, like, sweet, generous person. It's like I can't control myself. Like, it's an impulsive decision, and I just have to do it. I definitely have a lot of guilt because even though my mom was horribly abusive like I was such a fucked up kid 
I was just so depressed and wouldn't do anything that she asked me. I did not respect her. I didn't listen to her. So I have guilt about that because I knew better at the time, even though I was going through so much. And I just, my mindset at the time was like, if you're going to be awful to me, why would I listen to you? Why would I do you any favors? Like, fuck you. I have guilt with my dad for sure because my dad, I was his number one person. He he has a tattoo of my name across his throat, which I think is insane. But um, he loved me a lot and showed it in the wrong ways and was really controlling. But I left him and I feel really bad. Those two people will never be in my life again. I have always wanted them to be, but it is not good for me. It's not safe for me. With BPD, your the relationships in your life are going to be a lot harder to, man, to maintain uh, than if you didn't have BPD. Especially, like, parental and romantic relationships. Like, that's the hardest. I have major abandonment issues. They're the best they've ever been now, but I feel like that's always going to be a part of who I am. I always feel uncomfortable even like talking about my past just because I feel like that's my biggest insecurity. Like if you're insecure about your past, you're kind of insecure about everything you are because you are your life, I guess. I didn't tell anyone I had BPD for a really long time because of the stigma but people with BPD are not sociopaths. Some of them are narcissists, but having like a narcissistic personality disorder does not make you a bad person. Um, It can make you do bad things, but like you can't just assume that everyone's the same. I have friends now that had crazy parents, but for the longest time, I didn't, so I just felt like it was so wrong and it like made me like this tainted person. That was like the first thing I opened up to my new family about is I was like, it makes me feel gross talking about how I grew up. And they like made me realize that it's completely normal and there's so many other people like me.